Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back into the Media Tavern, the place where me, Eric Oblander, and that guy, Todd Stanton, talk about all kinds of stuff that's going into our eyes, going into our ears, and coming off of our screens. <laughs> Todd, how you doing today, buddy? I am doing good. It's uh, not so bad weather-wise today. It's a little, I don't know. I guess it's cold. So what am I saying? It's not, it's not good. I'm, it's a little cold. We're getting snow finally this weekend. It's coming, so we'll oh, have yeah, to really hunker down and for watch sure. some movies. Okay, works for me. By the way, Todd, before we start, as usual, we talk about our wardrobes, and that shirt you're wearing is super awesome. Let's go. Tell us what you got. Six million dollar man, baby. Lee Majors, one of my favorite shows growing up. I, I thought I saw several of them, but when I got the box set a couple of years ago started watching and I was like, I haven't seen any of these. I mean, I probably saw a handful of them. So Yeah, there, there's a, it was on for so long. It five was, years, so five many years. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bigfoot episode always jumps to mind. Bigfoot, yeah. There was a couple Bigfoot and then Bigfoot was like bionic or he was an alien. I don't know. It was just so weird. It got really weird as it went on. But I love it. It was I loved seeing Bionics, you know, rip through the skin, and um, I love the show. The opening of the show is the best opening of any show ever to this we day. We can rebuild it better, stronger, faster. I'll watch it every time. It's the only show that, you know, we'll, we're watching it with the family um, again, our second time going through it, and we never skip the beginning because the beginning is so cool. The, the, yeah. The, it's so awesome. What and, about your shirt? What do you, do so, you all right, but- that brings me to my shirt, which oh, I'm just rocking a kiss t-shirt. Yeah, just but did, did you have uh, this the six million dollar man like action figure doll thing? Do you have? I guess it looks like I'm more. Todd is standing up from his chair. He's heading across his toy filled room to grab. There it is. Booyah! Six million dollar man, baby. Yes. Excellent. Yes. So you look, you look through his eye and look through his eye, roll up the skin, and you have the uh, yep. the bionics in there. Yep. So here's the thing. Here's why this is a total accidental kismet. When I was a kid, I had I I loved two things. I loved the band Kiss and the Six Million Dollar Man, <laughs> and I had a Six Million Dollar Man figure and a Gene Simmons figure, and they would hung out with me all the time. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I could I just never, say doll, I guess, but it's, um, I never, I don't know. I mean, he was kind of like one of the first action figures. I mean, I guess G.I. Joe was, and then yeah. they had him. But It uh, was like G.I. Joe bionic style, like extra. But then Gene had his base, and I don't know why they were homies, too. I think because my, I was really hung up on scale. So, like, the $6 million man and the Gene Simmons figures were both the same scale. Oh, they were? You know? I thought the, the, I thought they were shorter, the Kiss dolls. No, they were like the same, that kind of poseable okay. thing. Because so, you remember the, then they had the, the superhero line, like, so you had like Batman, Superman, all that kind of stuff. And they were, I think they were a little shorter. Those were smaller. Yeah. And I had, I was nuts for those too, though. I had those too. I had a Shazam that I really loved. I mean, he was considered Captain Marvel back then. Um, and my mom got mad at me for doing something once as she ripped it apart like it's it's very traumatic in my mind. I don't mean to laugh at your trauma. I but know that's it's that, she was like ripping it apart, like and I'm screaming. What a terrible, terrible story! Yeah, I that's horrifying. Yeah, 
I mean, mom, it didn't it didn't help because I don't even know what I did. I mean, so it's not like I can't I won't repeat it because I don't even know what it is, but I do remember what you did. So, Todd, our wardrobes today reflect the nearest uh, possible thing we could get to our topic today, which is uh, our top five favorite superhero movies of all time. Yeah. Um, I think you and I have had some discussions about this. What is your view on, I know you're a Star Wars guy, what is your view on like superhero movies in general? Uh, well, it's going to be unpopular. It's an unpopular Uh-oh. dance. I Everybody loves all these Marvel superhero movies. I'm tired of them, man. I mean, I just, they bore me. I'm, I will say I have enjoyed like the origin stories of most of the characters. But all these movies with, like, all these superhero movies seem to now have, like, 14 people who have superpowers in one movie. And there it isn't just about, like, I remember the original Superman in 1978. Yeah, you do. Look at there. This Fortress of Solitude. I was waiting for you to say it. Boom. You remember the original Superman? It was Superman against... Uh, Lex Luthor. One well, hang good on, guy. Let's not I'm, get too crazy here. We well, got to. We got our list. We got. We got to well, unveil we're talking about any list right now. But we're talking about the the dichotomy of of the breakdown of that the, of of a movie like that of a story. It was one Superman, one bad guy. All right, and now you have thirty superheroes fighting this. Yeah, so many things. And buildings are blowing up. I mean, I think there's more people that die in all the destruction that happens when they have these super fights. Nobody's saving anybody. And there's, like, no normal people in these movies anymore. In, in 78 Superman, you had a, you had normal people that Superman swooped in and rescued, and he rescued a dog or a cat from a tree and all that kind of stupidness. I mean, it was just... I don't know. It was like one superhero, but now I, it's too much. It's too much. I mean, you people think, well, probably our, our feel Earth that. Our Earth is it, too safe. You, Todd, Todd Stanton says our Earth is too safe now. Yeah. Yeah. There is way too many superheroes. It was just like in, do you remember the movie Mystery Men, um, where Captain Amazing was so good at his job that there wasn't any crime. So right. he, you know, like. So that's you're you're right. It is kind of I maybe I am saying that they're all all superheroes have gotten rid of all crime. I mean they have to get people from other planets now to come and you know rave havoc on our planet. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a superhero guy. So well then well this should we do this list? Yeah, yeah let's do it because my I think my list is a little unconventional. I mean I, I do like I do like the 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 format still of of a a main person who's kind of like the the victor and then you've got the you know the protagonist antagonist in kind of super form so i still like that i just don't like the overcomplicatedness of all these movies today so that does bring up a good point of like and i think that this gets addressed in many of the comics the actual like comic books you know but like there are some things that are kind of like you know, and of course this always comes up in conversations, but it's kind of like there are some superheroes that are like basically gods and then some superheroes are kind of like rich dudes with like toys <laughs> that they can play with. 
but yeah. they all kind of somehow are on the equal playing field. I don't know, but yeah, we'll yeah. get to that when we get to it. Yeah, again. we yeah we we already know who we're talking about there. But yeah, Todd, are we ready? I'm ready. I'm going to let you kick it off. What's oh. your number five, dude? Okay, my number five is not is not going to be very conventional. I'm just going to let you know. Just tell you right off the bat, it uh, is the movie Unbreakable. Oh, that's a good that's a good one. They're, that's hero related. I get it's it. It's purely hero related in a very subtle kind of weird way. It's not until the other sequels came out where they made it like you know more on the nose. But uh, I think Unbreakable is one of those films that is just totally. I hate using this word because everyone uses it all the time. Underrated, it underwatched, underappreciated. A lot of unders there. Um, I think. That movie is so beautifully made. There's so many cool things that M. Night did in his vision of what this story is about that just go unlooked. And it's it's a slower movie, and so it's not always one that I gravitate towards seeing multiple times, even though I have. Um, it's just it's just a wonderful movie. Every time I get into it, I just I just love all the little nuances to it. So it's, uh, and the story I think is very sweet between the husband and the wife, especially if you've seen any of the um, deleted scenes. I th- I think uh, it just really fills out the story a little more, but that's my number five. Uh, I think that, I think that's a great pick. That movie has a lot of nuances to it, like you were saying. And I think part of uh, just the idea of that movie in general is really great. The, you know, the unbreakable versus the completely like shattered, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think, I think Bruce Willis, um, is plays such a great, like, I mean, he's a, he, he really was at one point a really great leading man. Uh-huh. And that movie, I really think was kind of one of his last, like really carrying the, the water on that, you know, I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that might brings me to me. My number five is uh, 2014's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Um, James Gunn's kind of like first run at the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, franchise. When this when this came out, it was kind of a small comic. No one knew what the hell it was or what they were talking about or how this would relate to anything that had already been seen in the MCU. Um, but when this thing came out, I saw it in the theater right away. And you know, that feeling you have when you first see star Wars and you're dropped into this world and every, you just want to eat up every single thing you see. Like it just, it all is brand new and all exciting. That's how I felt when I saw, um, guardians of the galaxy the first time it's that everything is incredible. Like all, every little thing and all the lights and all the colors, the acting, the characters, it all just clicked. And uh, it really became like a darling of all the superhero fans because it went from, I mean, many people who read the books knew about it, but like to have this become, there became such an integral part of what became the MCU story. But when they first came out, I mean, it's such a, first of all, it's funny and edgy. Um, I love the the use of music in it is great with Peter Quill's uh, Walkman and, uh, you know, tons of the soundtrack that became a real hot thing uh-huh. uh and it still is like a, a playlist that a lot of people go to uh i just you know the the everything about it rocket raccoon and the and 
uh, Bautista's character. You know, I mean, like everything about it is funny. It's really wry and uh, it's super James Gunn-ish. I mean, that's like his fingerprints all over it. But um, I just really, I still go to it. I watched it with my son the other day and he was the same way I was. Like totally everything about it just lit him up. <laughs> so um, that's my number five, I uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I saw a trailer for that probably a year before, or I saw a teaser, I think. It was really early on. I want to say it was like a year before the movie came out. And I remember at that point even getting tired of the, the whole MCU. But when I saw that trailer, I, I, I said to my wife right away, I said, that's going to be a big hit. And she's like, Okay, I mean, she like scoffed at it, like, and then yeah, they they loved. It. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as you did, um, but it was it was fun. I mean, I didn't care for the sequel, but but that's just me. I think that brings up a good point though that you said, which is that that I think that Guardians kind of like uh, reset what was going on with Marvel and movies at that time, and kind of like have, kind of broadened everyone's expectations and what they what could be done you know taking it to space basically and yeah. uh but and adding a lot more humor and a lot more edginess to it so yeah i i i get what you're saying about and that and it didn't feel like a marvel movie at the time now i know now that it is and i know it was a marvel movie but it didn't feel like it was a part of that whole thing it did feel like it's its own you know subcategory but and you know, no one really felt like a superhero per se in it, but um, yeah. So, all right, number. Yeah, I think that's true too. It's not like hero. I mean, it's not like superheroes with capes. It's like different yeah. kind of characters. So, yeah. All right, who goes next? Do you want to do snake draft where I go next, or you want to go? Well, we're we're tossing the ball back and forth, right? All right, kid, it's up okay. to you. Let's go. Number four. Number four. Black Adam. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that was excellent. That was. That was I was so, like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking that about. That was a horrible movie. I couldn't <laughs> even sit through it. I fell asleep in fifteen. I didn't even try. But um, but we know it's not on our list. But the predecessor to that is actually I really enjoyed the Shazam movie, the 2019 Shazam. I really is this enjoyed your number it. four. That's my number four. All right. Um, tell me why. I grew up with Shazam. I mean, Captain Marvel. He was Captain Marvel back then. Um, not this girl movie. He was Captain Marvel. Um, even even though it was on DC. I don't. I never watched. I never read any comics. I was never a comic guy. Um, there used to be a TV show Shazam, and in the seventies, and I used to watch that. Uh, it was on Saturday mornings. Oh yeah. And uh, my dad had turned me on to uh, Shazam. Um, Shazam and Superman and, and, uh, you know, we had the, when we were talking earlier about the little dolls, I had those little dolls who I had the, I think I had a Batman and, um, I don't know if I had a Superman, my, my brother may have, but I had a, I had a Captain Marvel, uh, Shazam. Um, it's funny that they changed that whole, he's no longer called Captain Marvel thing because he you know, he's called Shazam now, I guess, right? Like, but he can't really introduce himself to anybody. He can't say, Hi, I'm Shazam. Because oh, I'm sorry, now I'm Billy Batson. I'm sorry. Let me switch back. Um, yeah. So, but I really enjoyed the, I enjoyed that movie. It had kind of the 
funness. There's a new word. Look it up in the dictionary. Um, funness of uh, the original Superman to me. Like it, it was just again the primarily one guy against one bad guy uh, equation until it got towards the end of the movie where all the family members are superheroes. And I know that that's in the comics, but I that's where I kind of shut off at that point at the end. But I enjoyed. I enjoyed the movie. It's kind of like, I know this is almost blasphemy. I never saw Big, but I understood the um, concept of Big. Um, and it was almost like the superhero version of Big, uh, it, it, what this movie was. So I enjoyed okay, it. Okay, that's, that's a good description. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's not. I know it's not a lot of people's favorite, but I know my son, my older son, didn't care for it at all. But I don't care. I liked it. Yeah, well, this is your list, not his. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Uh, all right. Good pick, man. That's good. Number four. Uh, my number four is something that might be on your list. I'm not sure. Uh, it is from 1990. It's Sam Raimi's Dark Man. No, but I did pass it up in my list. I I looked up a list of superhero movies to kind of remind myself what's out there. Yeah. And uh, I did see that. I do remember watching that. Go ahead. Give us yeah, your so thoughts. Yeah. So I wouldn't. Much like Sam Raimi movies overall, when this came out, uh, it was super crazy edgy at the time and like a really weird idea, like kind of a made up fictional, not that comic book art made up, but this was not an established character like, you know, Superman yeah. or something. Yeah. And this movie, when I, I remember seeing it and thinking of how dark it was, but also how much it felt like reading a comic book when you watch it. Like the, the way it's made feels like pages of a comic book turning. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a lot of the way it's framed and shot, the special effects. Now I've revisited this movie recently and it doesn't super hold up visually wise as, as much as I remember it. Uh, Cause I mean like Liam Neeson is the star uh -huh. and um, he, you know, basically he plays a character that kind of a revenge tour. He gets, left for dead and has to go back and avenge whenever. But then he gets, he's wearing like, you know, when he becomes like as the hero, he's pretty much like a ripped up, you know, mummified human. I mean, it's not like some handsome, yeah. you know, superhero. Yeah. And that was what I thought was really cool too. It was really super Raimi-ish uh -huh. uh, looking, you know, with just the eyes up close, that lighting where they just kind of cast the light across his eyes. Um, and, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I just and like the Durant character is the bad guy. He's just super terrible. Like he's just a total dick, and you just hate him, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that was well done. You really feel bad for Liam Neeson's character. You really feel root for Dark Man in this, you know, kind of twisted way. Uh, and it was completely kind of like made up, which I thought was cool too. So uh, that's my uh, number four. I liked I liked that movie when it came out. I mean, I saw it. Years later, I think I rented it or something. I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah, I lived on like on. I think they show, used to show it on USA or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah the guy with the, where, where what was the bad guy's name? The, Durant. Durant, and he had the uh, cigar chopper, and he was yeah cutting people's fingers off. Yeah, I mean that was dark, man. It dark was man. dark. It was dark, man. So it was dark, man. All right. So what's your number three? Well, I have a feeling. That our lists are going to kind of cross at some point because we do it's like possible. a lot of them. So I'll take a, I'll take a, I'll tell you what mine is, and if it's on your list, we can 
discuss it later. But my third one is uh, kind of took it was a trilogy, and I kind of grouped them together all as one big movie. But it's uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman series. Is that all right? Hold space for that. Okay, it's coming up on my list uh, a little higher up. So when we get to it, let's have a let's get into it. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. my number three is Avengers Endgame, which I know is not on your list. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Endgame um, was, in fact, the Endgame to this 22-movie run that Marvel did. Um, it, you know, it was like this three-and-a-half-hour epic. Uh, it kind of wrapped the whole thing up, and it did it very well, done by the Russo brothers. Came out in a magical time, Todd. Let me take you back to 2019. Before anybody was worried about any crazy pandemic stuff, we were all just cramming into a movie theater for four hours. Uh, so, yeah. So, Endgame is great. Everyone's seen it. Uh, it's, you know, got the highlights. It's got the battle scene to end all battle scenes uh, for superhero stuff. Pretty much exactly what you were saying you hate. <laughs> It's got like a hundred heroes yeah. fighting a million bad yeah. guys. There isn't um, any normal think, people in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but I think though that this movie really carries carries the the ball to the end zone really well. Uh, I I love the the, the backstories. Um, I I think the way that they build the characters and there's so many uh, things. Spoiler alert: uh, the death of Iron Man. But yeah, the death I, I, of Iron Man made everybody weep a little bit. Uh, I will say I enjoyed that movie. I did see that one. Well, yeah, it's, you're really human. It's uh, awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, sure. I, I know it's the popular opinion that you have to love that movie, but I I don't always go against, I don't go with the popular opinion, but I did watch it. I wasn't like pressured by anyone that this is a great film and all that i just i don't want to hear that let me just decide on my own and i did enjoy it i mean for what it is i mean if i gotta watch a movie with a million superheroes and a, and a bad guy that won't quit um and everybody's got drama between themselves i guess yeah i guess i'll watch that but yeah there is a lot of drama a lot of soap opera stuff not as much as uh another well i won't get into it because it's I don't want to blow my list, but right. uh, but yeah, and uh, it it ended up everything. It kind of, sort of, Marvel kind of shot themselves in the foot with this because they made such a giant beloved epic, and they haven't been able to match it since. And this came out now; it's going on, you know, four or five years ago, and they're still stubbing their toe trying to make anything as good as this. Uh, meanwhile, the Russo brothers have made a bunch of trash too. So I don't know. I don't know why the magic was perfect between them. But what, uh, did, what else have they done? Just so they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that movie Gray Man. No one really liked that movie yeah, that much, even though everyone likes them and likes Ryan Gosling. But um, yeah. So yeah. So hey. that uh, that's my uh, that's number my three. number uh, three is Avengers Endgame. All right. Number two, uh, dude. Number two. We're getting there. I, it may not be, um, at one point it was very popular and then for some reason people have turned against it on some level, but, um, I still really enjoy the original Matrix movie. 
Um, that so is I, a surprise entrant. That is a great call. I love that. It's and it wasn't on any superhero list too. And I, I well, was it's not surprised. really a superhero movie per se, but I like your it thinking. It kind of is. I mean, he is the one. You know, like like it has the same kind of storyline, almost Star Wars, I guess. Whereas the the character that you don't expect to be the superhero, or he's the he's the reluctant superhero, I guess, is what the yep the trope would be. Um, it's, it's kind of a perfect story. I mean, it, 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 it's told perfectly. It's the movie is of course, you know, expertly done it the, the special effects at the time were groundbreaking and they've almost kind of gotten away from that, you know, bullet time kind of thing. Remember there was a time where it was like, you saw it all the time then after yeah, bullet time, man, yeah. it was like, and we then didn't have a bullet time thing. It Dude. doesn't even exist anymore, you know? Which is fine because I. You can kind of do it on your phone now. It's sort of like, you know, it's it's become like everyone figured out the trick. Well, to do it right, you have to, you have to have all these. Well, I'm not saying you can make like matrix level things on your phone. But yeah, I mean, so I. You might be able to. You're pretty good. uh, Um, but I really still enjoy that movie, and and I kind of he's kind of a superhero of sorts where he does save the day. He does actually save humanity at the, at the end of that film. So that's, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, number two. That's a great pick that when that movie came out, it was the mind blower. There is, you it know, was. what if I told you there is no spoon, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. And it was just, it was such a game changer. Uh, it was you unlike know. anything else we've ever seen. I've talked often about, the um, times in movie histories that really kind of like shaped the future. We think of like Jurassic Park. We think of the original Star Wars. Um, but but The Matrix was one of those films that yep. just completely changed like how we could do things. Like there was really no, um, that kind of like ended any boundary that could ever, yeah, ever be done. Exactly. It made, it, it kind of opened up the door for kind of abstract yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, the Wachowskis haven't done a lot since then, except for two more or three more of those. I mean, there's other stuff, but Yeah, the other stuff I didn't care for the I, I felt like the movies kind of got progressively less, you know, payoff uh of the as they came out. But at at the time, I mean, you know, people I remember going to see that movie two three four times in the theater like let's go now i, missed I something i gotta see it that's the thing i didn't see it in the theater because i didn't know nothing about it um i was actually that year i was going i was trying to recover from uh uh my wife at the time was cheating uh with a friend of mine and whoa that was, this is taking a yeah, turn yeah i know well i'm just saying that was a dark time there yeah man and um but it was also a year I was looking forward to at the same time. It was uh, 1999, and Star Wars Force. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Phantom Menace was coming out, and I was very excited about that. And so, the a, a movie like The Matrix kind of was not on my radar. I knew nothing about it, and I heard people talk about it, but it was just like, eh, okay. Um, well, it kind of did have like an indie vibe to it. I yeah. mean, it wasn't. I'm sure it was a huge. And it budget, was very dark looking. It unknown. It wasn't yeah. like it was made by a you know a Lucas or Spielberg or something. Yeah, and it was dark. You know, so it was like it just from a 
if you saw a trailer, it was just very like, I don't know what I'm looking at, you know, and you, it really didn't <laughs> yes. give away what the movie was, you know, not, no pun intended, but what rabbit hole you were going to go down, you know, yeah. it was like, it was, it's such a great movie. And then I'm one of the few people that enjoy the sequels. I, I, I don't rank them as high as the original Matrix, but I like two, two is fun, three is crazy. Um, and then I, I enjoyed the new one, the f- uh, fourth one. I thought it was it was a fun ride. So I know I, it's an unpopular po- you know position to be in, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're into that world, the sequels are, it's the only other thing you can find that's remotely like it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are some things that like it, but. So anyway, that's my number two. That's a great number two. Great pick. That's a, a surprise entry. I like it. That was a good one. Thanks. Uh, my number two, I bet, is on your list, and or I thought it would be. Um, so back in 1989, there was this crazy idea to make it to get a comedian and make him the Batman. Oh, the original Batman. Yeah. So the Batman one, the, not one, but yeah, yeah. Batman yeah. the movie. Not Tim Batman Burton. the movie, Tim actually, Burton's that's the Batman. Adam West one. Tim Burton's yeah. Batman. Yeah, Tim Burton's Batman. So, uh, yes. Agreed. Uh, Tim, uh, tell me tell me what you think about, tell me your thoughts on Batman. I mean, it's, it's yours. It's your I know, pick, but I'm trying but to shake it up. I I love that movie. I mean, and I it was a toss-up for me to pick Nolan's, you know, cinematic beautiness versus uh, Tim Burton's goofy, you know, uh, take on um, you know uh, Batman and, and the yeah. Joker I mean I love Jack Nicholson as the Joker I know he's been the Joker's been done by so many people now Nicholson is just so wild in that and just well, we, it, it, we quote lines from it all the time yeah. still and it really was like the perfect like it totally matched his Hollywood persona at the time his kind of swagger and his corner kind of I don't give a shit kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It had that kind of swagger to it where he's kind of, like the oh, wait till they get a load of me, yeah. you know that thing. It's <laughs> perfect. I mean, that is I literally know. why I, I and yeah. Boop, boop, boop. It's just so weird. I love it. Like none of it's some of the things he does is not really explained, and that's okay. I love that he's just so quirky and weird. Yeah, because he's crazy, right? But then I loved Burton's view of whatever time period that is you've got yeah. like you had 80s cars but then you had the stylistic you know uh you know the buildings look like they're from the 20s or yeah you know just the architecture you know versus what you didn't really know what year it was and yeah it just seemed like a rubik's cube version of different decades you know like here we are this is right. a messed up version of some time and I loved it. Uh, Billy D. Williams in it. I mean, you only think of Billy D. Williams as like, you know, Lando Calrissian. It's like every, every time you watch the movie, he's like, oh, Lando's in this. I Lando. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Kim Bassinger, like, I mean, right at the her apex, her peak, you know, like that was her her time, man. Yeah. She, yeah. Was, she was lights out. And but yeah, I remember seeing a preview for this movie before it came out. I don't know what I was seeing, but I remember everyone in the whole theater was like, Michael, like Mr. Mom, Michael Keaton is yeah. going to be Batman. What the uh, hell are you talking about? Uh, 
And it worked. It worked because Michael Keaton is that good, first of all. Uh, he's likable, but menacing. He's funny, but serious. He's got all the yeah. things. Yeah. And it kind of like set the tone for what Marvel ended up doing too, which is like mixing, I don't want to say comedy, but kind of mixing like, like moods, you know, like kind of like the way that you already perceive a comedian as Batman really changed the way you think of it, you know? Oh yeah. And, I mean, um, because we grew up with the, the sixties version of, uh, of Batman with the, you know, bam, pow and all that kind of right. stuff. And and this was going to be this dark take on it, and you're like dark take, but you got like the guy from you know from like Mr. Mom and whatever, and he had just come off of Beetlejuice, which was like you know this giant crazy manic yeah. zany movie. Also, Tim uh, and it just yeah. would seem really absurd that he would play a serious superhero. Yeah. Um, but it worked, and it worked great. I mean, the the way that movie feels, I just watched it recently. It was kind of a tie between this and um, and the second one because I, they're both great. Uh, Batman Returns probably has a little more meat on the bone when it comes to the bad guy situation because you've got mm-hmm. more you know, Danny DeVito and all the stuff. Batman but... doesn't do anything in that movie. He just sits and talks on the phone mostly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just love the I I love the the reveal of Batman the the first time you see him on the rooftop yeah. and the. The, the Danny Elfman music was great. It just, it really was like another game changer for me. Like I saw it in the theater many times. Uh, and um, yeah, so that's my number two. I don't know if you remember, there was discussion of Tim Burton doing a Superman. I did not know that. Yes. And it's fascinating, dude. There's actually a documentary about it. I have the documentary. Wait a it, minute, is this the is this the Nicolas Cage Superman yes, thing? That's, yes. That's yeah, I I know of this. I loved it. I love the description of it when I read it in a magazine years earlier. Um it was going to be it was gonna be Nicolas Cage again, somebody what? I mean, we did that with Batman. What? Michael Keaton? Batman? So I was I was on board because it's Tim Burton. Um and it was his suit was actually going to have the S was going to be clear so that you could see his yellow glowing guts inside it. And I thought, this movie I am on board for. I'm not a superhero purist, a comic book purist. So if Tim Burton wants to give me Superman with glowing yellow guts, I am on board, baby. That's great. I love it. Um yeah, I mean, how fun would that have been? Who knows? It could get funded now and be made. You know, I've got I've got the documentary. You should watch it. I'll, I'll give I, it. to We you. are going to. I will it's, watch that for sure. Dude, it's just they show scenes. They show artist renditions of what this was going to be in this movie. Man, it would have been great. I really, really wished it was made completely. But I don't know. Yeah. It it lost people's interests. Um, Unless we instead we got like uh, bad lieutenant to port of call or something from <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I mean, that's where that's where his head was at. I still like uh, Nicolas Cage. I, Hell yeah, I just, man. Yeah. My number one you had at number three, I believe. And yep. that is, I'm just going to single single one out okay. uh, of the um, Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Let me guess. So my top two are Batman movies. Let me even guess. Even though, you, you know, everyone's talking Marvel is so wonderful, but my number 
one and two are Batman, uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah, so, that's what I was going to guess. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's kind of the crown jewel of the series. Although the first one is great, and the third one has got its definite charm. Uh, it's kind of a mess. But the second one is, I would say, as close to a perfect movie and even a superhero movie or an adventure movie or a heist movie or whatever that you can get. It's so dark and so like seedy. I just love it so much. Uh, Heath Ledger, again, another, you know, kind of uh, what would be the word I'm looking for? Controversial choice as a character, as the, sure. as the uh, Joker. And um, it just, I mean, he, again, he became what the future of bad guys would end up being in superhero movies with his completely freaked out, completely dark, insane, literally insane twist on on the Joker. Probably more towards what the Joker in the comic books is, which is just a complete lunatic, complete sociopath. Uh-huh. Um, possibly the best opening of any movie in the decade uh, with the heist. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that heist is lights out with the confusion and none of the none of the the guys know who the Joker is, who hired them. They all know they're just supposed to be on this thing and everything's blowing up. And uh I I um a lot of people, you know, bump up against the the um Christian Bale his Batman voice. But I thought it was pretty cool. Um and this movie it's not quite as intense as it gets later, but uh, it's still pretty prominent uh, with the ground Batman. Oh, now I'm Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. That's, I would have yeah. never known. Yeah. I'm Batman. I'm well, Bruce Wayne. That's how but, all the Batmans are. They're, they just have to talk like this. And, and they're all cover the it same up, Batman. Cover up your face. Like, if I'm you Batman. Just put, like, so, but yeah, so Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan, you, you had it on your list and I kind of, we kind of leapt over it. Tell me your thoughts on those movies. Um, again, I, I love Christopher Nolan, so any, pretty much anything that he does, I'm on board. I mean, there's only been a few that I scratch my head on. But this was, um, it's probably the, the only movies that um, of his that he's not dealing with time. There's always some, you know, aspect of time that he's obsessed about. Um, but it does start with the heist with the... True. With the watch. Not, so, and yeah. I'm sure if I look closely, there's... there's I'm sure, right? All kinds of time-related things in it. But yeah, I, I just, in, I enjoyed it. I, I, I even, I will say with the first movie, Batman Begins, it was just okay to me. Um, all the, you know, it felt like there was a lot of lead up to get him to become Batman. Like it, there was a, a lot. Time. It was a, a long journey to get yeah. there. Yep, I agree. And, and um, I, I didn't. I remember watching it and not really enjoying it. You know, when I was watching, it was like, it was okay. Um, but I really felt, uh, I don't, again, I don't know the comics at all. So when uh, Liam Neeson's character goes from being, you know, his, you know, his master or his, you know, his teacher uh, to being the, the bad guy, Ra Ghoul or whatever the heck his name is. I'm just yeah, Ra Ghoul, yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he ended, Ra's al Ghul ends up being kind of like a important character throughout, but sort of like almost a subplot. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's the bad guy and like, oh, he's got to fight, you know, his his master. Um, you know, the training was intense. Um, but I, yeah, when you got to two, um, 
it is a really good it's almost like the first one isn't needed you know the uh, batman begins wasn't needed at all you could have just it didn't need to be a trilogy i mean i'm sure some studio thought it was going to be awesome for him to do three of them but it could have just been Dark Knight. Dark Knight is great. I mean, I like Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it was fun. The effects were cool. The The way it ended was nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I love those films. I mean, I'm not ob- obsessed about them as, as a lot of people get um, about them, but I do really, really enjoy um, that movie. I don't feel like I, I'm saying very much. <laughs> I, I think that the, the thing about the Batman movies in general, but those is that a lot of people ding the Marvel movies for having what's called a bad guy problem or a villain problem where they don't really have good villains. Uh-huh. And I think in each of these movies, the uh, the first one kind of is more of like the rise of Batman, but like uh-huh. or the the creation of Batman. Uh-huh. But then with Bane in the last one and Joker in the second one, it's really got. I mean, the the bad guys are awesome. Like they're they're really good. And, I mean, not good as in good-hearted, but like yeah. excellently crafted bad guys. So yeah, they are believable, threatening, menacing, scary bad guys, and that's how you yes. want your bad guys. That's one thing I think I mentioned to you off mic the one time uh, with the Marvel uh, movies. To me, one of the things I don't like about it is first of all, there's so much drama between all the superheroes. They have all the most of the movies are. Super, the superheroes not getting along, and then there's, oh, it's a it's a comedy fest with all that. There's a lot of laughing, and and um, yeah, I, I don't get. It's not supposed to be, you know, a bad guy and good guy scenario. It's supposed to be like you know, a threat is happening. There, we only have time to laugh. Um, but we, one of the things in in the movie in their movies is that the, the bad guys are almost likable, and. Uh, I don't like that feeling. I don't like feeling like I like the bad guys. I mean, I'm not talking about like Darth Vader. He's so, you know, he's scary and I like him because he's scary. I'm not saying that kind of like. I'm saying like we're talking about with uh, Nolan's Nolan's antagonists is that they are bad people. You don't like them, you know? Like uh, Joker is, is such a demented guy. You may like the performance, but you do not like the character at all. Well, I mean, you may it's, not. You may. And she's just terrifying. Like it's yeah, actually terrifying. Scary, yeah. Yep. And Bane is pretty scary too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just all like guys you don't want to piss off. So, you know, I it's that's what I like. That's the difference I think to me. But um, yeah. All right. So all right. those are that's our lists. No, that's not our list. We're waiting oh. for number one from you, my man. The oh, whole well, reason everyone for the season. Knows the number one. You even know. It's Let's the go. Only what is your one. number one? It's not, in. it's not the number one. It's the only one. The only one that ever get made on that soapbox, kid. Perfect, Let's go. perfect superhero movie. It is the 1978 version of Superman. Yeah, of applause. And there I know you go. You, I know you love that one too. You said I love it. What you didn't put it on your list? Why? Because I. Because you and I talked about this, and this was your soapbox, and the whole reason for this, I didn't <laughs> want to blow out your your. I don't want to step on your thing, man. Well, thanks. I but I, I do know love, you it. love it too. It's uh, I think it's uh, it's it's so well done. It's still it still holds up when you watch it. Yes, it's dated. I mean, and and Christopher Reeves' suit does not look as macho, you know, with all the 
um, you know, kind of extra doodads that they they've added to the Superman's. You just said macho and doodads. That's awesome. <laughs> I I'm love to trademark That's... those. I don't think anyone's trademarked them. Um, <laughs> but I I I love um just how sim- simple the movie is. It, 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 it simple origin. I love when Superman comes to Earth and Glenn Ford plays his you know adoptive dad, and. To this day, that the heart attack sequence that happens is it still rings out to me. Like, yeah, you know, he grabs his was it his his left arm and he goes, yep. "Oh no!" and and just passes out. And every time my if my arm hurts for any reason, I always think of that scene. Like, oh no, you know, that movie just made a big impression on me as a kid. And I think what I think that's what it comes to a lot of it. You know, the things that we like really are the things that. Uh, made an impression upon us when we were kids and then you know they, it kind of radiates out from there but everything about that movie is just fun um you know gene hackman lex luther i mean that talk about an excellent bad guy man yeah. you just want to smack that dude in the face the whole movie yeah he's but he's ultra confident and there he's is great. bits of humor in there not like the silly fest of marvel movies now but um you have uh you know uh otis uh, you know, Ned Beatty, you know, just being the doofus and um some of those scenes are are are, are still funny and not but not not rip roar and funny and you know and and I have to say as a close companion to that movie is Superman two, but not the one that came out in the theater. The Richard Donner re edit that was done um about I think it's about within the last ten years. Um that re-edit is way better in my opinion than the original uh superman 2 superman 2 is kind of dopey um it's it, especially with the three bad guys and, and you know, general it, zod and the they're coming into the on the glass piece of glass yeah yeah and the, yeah the phantom zone or whatever it was called and yep. then the 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 big guy of the three of them is always kind of the big doofus and he's like trying to do silly things and it was almost like the comic relief i didn't like that that when you again when you make your bad guys comical it takes the threat away and does it they do they seem doofusy but it, it, if you watch the donner edit have you ever seen the Do- donner edit no i haven't I, i've got to see it because i like that second one so uh, i would probably really like i this. will give you i will give you it it's it's really good they they actually have they got rid of superman's mom and the hologram, you know, that, that was dumb. They actually have uh, old footage of uh, Marlon Brando being uh, talking to him. They replaced all that with the Marlon Brando footage. Yeah, I um, mean, Brando in the first one is, I mean, well, yeah, his, it's so, it was such a big deal that he was in this too. Yeah, yeah. And he's so powerful in it. I mean, his, his performance is, it's hard to, come close i mean i like russell crowe when when he played jor-el in the newer superman movie i was like yeah not the same dude i mean can you imagine like probably because it was richard donner but could you imagine at the time i mean getting the most important actor walking the planet and be like okay so here's the deal you're an alien and your son is a superhero and i want you to i mean yeah he and his brando you know it's flipping colonel kurtz right there you know and <laughs> and the wild one and you're kind of like godfather uh, like but he 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 to his credit he played it straight and he made he made it great yeah he, well he 
he believed in that character and you yep. felt that he was um you know you know what's he say to him in the fortress of Salazar? i am your father and like he says it with like he's not acting he says it with all complete yeah. confidence and everything about his performance of that is, is he, so he says stellar. it in the, and that's the reason you get like marlon brando you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's why you get brando because he can that's that's awesome yeah 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 if he yeah if he if he bought into that role that uh yeah so anyways um yeah that's that to me will always be again could be because what i grew up with all right hey great pick uh quick you know quick shout out to like uh margot kidder as lois lane in that movie super great edgy funny uh i think the chemistry between her and christopher reeves it felt pretty pretty legit like jackie cooper pretty... playing perry white yeah i mean come it's on man like you got jackie cooper the greatest you got Ned Beatty, you got... god spoke to moses like <laughs> <laughs> you got terrence stamp gene hackman glenn ford i mean it's like it's a wild lineup man it is it's a it's a great it is a great lineup and and to think that you know the sad thing is you know christopher reeves superman the embodiment of superman like anyone that, that even tries to be superman thinks of christopher reeve even to this day yeah and he fell off a horse and died <laughs> i mean well, oh, he didn't die. well he didn't die he par got paralyzed from it but it's like what a i i felt so bad for the dude you know because he was superman and he fell off a horse and he was paralyzed oh. and he really seemed like a good guy and yeah. really good and it was kind of a sad way to have it. It was a sad way out, but uh, he made the best of it. I mean, I he, thought he was a great Superman. I think he yeah. really, you know, again, kind of like we were talking about with Brando. He he took that part and played it. I don't want to say straight, but he played it to where it wasn't like, well, I really wish I was doing something else. Yeah, like he played yeah. it really well. Like he he bought it. You know. Yep. Well, it had to be an honor. I guess it, it had to be an honor to be chosen. You know to. I'm sure there was a million people that they, you know. It was a big deal when that movie came out. It was it a was. production. It was like, holy smokes, we're doing this. Uh, what hey, you know who the writer uh, was? You know who the writer was? I uh, know. It was Mario Puzo, who really? came for The Godfather, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so. Maybe that, that explains the uh, Brando connection. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it, it was probably a good, I'm sure that helped, you know, in, in getting this funded and, and getting it big. So probably, yeah, because you're coming right off of Godfather in seventy seven yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Yep. So uh, so one of the things I want to mention about that movie that I, I have noticed my whole life that of watching it is that the opening credits are really cool, but they are really long. Yeah. I remember I mean, as a it kid, feels like it's like a twenty minute open man. I know. I know. And then the even letters then, like even that when you get through the credits, it takes you quite a long time to get down to the planet. It's like, <laughs> yes. it's like, is this movie going? I feel it's half over already. Yes, you know what? I to this day, I I enjoy watching that yeah. opening credits because I remember as a kid, just it, it did build anticipation and it felt so big. I mean, it felt big seeing those credits. Like we are in for. A big movie here and it didn't disappoint uh great pick fun list i think your list was definitely uh eclectic and we <laughs> only had one crossover which was amazing yeah i think you and i i figured we'd have at least one or two more i thought so too 
but uh, we didn't we didn't reveal our list except for that number one. I knew because that's how we got this whole idea started. Now I do have a couple of honorable mentions. Do you? Let's do it. What do you got? Me too. Okay. Um, uh, mine don't necessarily fall into the superhero genre. Uh, I mean, it's a trope, I guess, but they are part of that trope. So uh, one of them is the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, okay. And uh, Robert De Niro. I mean, it's it kind of a um, uh, a dark, darker movie. Um, it, and it was funny because it's it was directed by Todd Phillips, who did like you know The Hangover, you know. So yeah. it, it, you didn't know really what to expect. And there's a lot of like, there's been a lot of discussion about that film, whether or not it was a dream or you know it was is this really the Joker from the Batman Joker world or was he? just some guy who wanted to pretend like he was. Yeah. I mean, so I love that there's a lot of, I guess there's going to be a sequel. God, uh, That's a but, very polarizing movie. Uh, yes. I know people who like you think it's great. And I know people who absolutely despise that movie. I'm sure. But I like it cause it's a lot like, um, Oh, uh, taxi driver. It's, it's very, it's, it's very Scorsese ish. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, and it's funny. It, uh, uh, Todd Phillips said that, you know, Taxi Driver wasn't, you know, an influence on it. But then you hire Robert De Niro, you know, so Not it's an like, accident. And well, and also it's a, a bit of the King of Comedy in there. You know, the, the movie, the King of Comedy, the, the Scorsese movie. Um, I've never seen it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, there's a bit of that in there, too. OK, I'll have to see that. I, I feel like I've seen most Scor- Scorsese movies, so I'm always surprised when I hear one that I haven't seen yet, so. Uh, De Niro's in it, and um, he plays a really, uh, he plays like a hack comedian okay. who ends up kidnapping a talk show host and doing like a performance in his basement. Oh, okay. It's yeah. awesome. It's one of the weirdest, funniest movies ever. It's All right, super great. I got to see it. Um, another one is uh, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtual of Ignorance, uh, uh, is what the subtitle is. Taking... Um, Michael Keaton, uh, who was Batman, to be this Birdman, and he obviously has issues. Everyone in that movie has issues, um, but it's all filmed or gives the appearance. It's all filmed in one shot. Yeah, it's like a big wonder. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's uh, it's really broken down into about six or seven one shots, um, but it's uh, you know highly choreographed. That's not a word, but I just. I added it to the dictionary now. Choreographied. Yeah. Added um, it in there. Sure. We got yeah. a whole list going. And um and, and that director has gone on to do uh what's his name? Alejandro Nutru. I don't even know how you say his last name, but he, he did like the Revenant, um yep. which which I thought Alejandro was Alejandro Gonzalez in the Riju, yeah. Yeah, I thought uh I th- thought that was a great movie too. So and there was that. All right, and then my last one is um V for Vendetta. Uh, ah, good boy. That's a great. Now that I think that that might be a, I think that's based on a graphic novel. Yeah, I think so. Um, but that's that's also the Wachowski brothers too. So that was, that was I think kind of a follow up after their uh, Matrix, uh, you know, collection there. After that, I, I, some of the movies they did were kind of dumb. The one with that, time. But that movie is excellent. Yes. I love that movie. It's it's it's. I remember showing it to my mom when she was still alive, and I didn't know what she was going to think of it, but she loved it too. I mean, because it, it's got it's got little 
little pockets of you know pure darkness in it and i i didn't know how she would take it but she loved it so um I don't know, as a kid, I always liked, mom always introduced us to like uh, B-movies, you know, The Blob and War of the Worlds yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Cool. And uh, we used to watch on Creature Feature. You remember uh, if you were in the Toledo area and when you were a kid, uh, Creature Feature out of Detroit yeah. on Channel 50? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like in the afternoon on Saturdays. It would always be like these B-movies. And I love B-movies because of it. And so it was always kind of like, you know, if I took a movie to my mom, you know, whatever it was. I really hope that she would like it because she introduced us to a lot of the crappy movies I like now. So, um, so anyways, th- those are my three honorable mentions. How about you? Uh, good. Those are great picks. Um, so I've got a couple, I'll just go through real quick. Uh, one of them is infinity war, which is the kind of the movie before Endgame. Okay. Which a lot of people think is actually the best, technically the best, like Marvel cinematic oh. universe okay. movie. It kind of sets up the end. Uh, there's some more, there's a lot of important stuff that happens in it. It's, I think it's really, really good without the baggage of the last one. It's got some great battle scenes in it. Super looks amazing. Like the way it looks is phenomenal. The acting is really fun. I think it's a good one. Um, I had, uh, into the spider verse, Spider-Man into the spider verse, Never saw. which is the animated uh, movie that came out a while back. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Oh, phenomenal. Love the way it looks. Oh, it, kind of i think in a weird way kind of backdoor opened up this whole multiverse thing that marvel is really leaning into now makes um, sense because they kind of figured out that they can retcon lots of stuff for basically whenever they want so yeah, yeah. and yeah endless and, uh, endless possibilities now yeah and then one more another animated one uh i got a ton of them but you know what whatever <laughs> uh another one is uh the incredibles which oh. Which I just uh, I still love to this day. It's so thought, it's so thoughtfully made. It's really well made. Um, yeah, the story is great. Uh, the the voice acting is great. The way it looks is super cool. It's sometimes those movies don't work visually. They kind Pixar. of look boring. Pixar this type movie pose. is really considered. They considered every part of it, the whole backstory, and it's kind of like a a spinoff of the Watchmen almost, with like these kind of failed superheroes, but uh it's yeah, yeah it's, really it's all so, it's all a family so i mean so there's yes. that aspect to it too uh well great lists all around good uh i think those are good mentions uh um, those are good mentions those are those are great i mean as a, as a backup as a supplement to the the ones that you i could see why you would have wrestled with i had superman in there too but i figured i'd just let you take the yeah well, I, the lead I, on I, that. I thought we were both gonna collide on superman there together at number one and like I I picked it too, but it didn't go that way. There's a bunch more that that I had, but I I didn't want to. I wanted to use some of the ones that I think of the most whenever I think of sure. superhero movies, and that's yeah. kind of where I pulled them from. So yeah, that's good. That and black. All right, cool, man. You know. uh, let me. Um, I think it's time to jump uh, out of here and head to our corners. What do you think about that? Go for yours. All right. All right, so uh, today in my corner, I'm going to talk about a show that pretty much the world is talking about right now, and that is uh, the video game that's been adapted to a TV show on HBO Max, uh, a, a show called The Last of Us. Okay. Um, Pedro Pascal stars, uh, kind of a post-apocalyptic, what happens when the world gets run, you know, overrun by uh, a plague and, uh, you know, 
what happens along the way and uh, all the, the the way people adapt and how they uh, live and kind of uh, and don't live and um, kind of really delves and leans into the idea of while there is a plague of zombies, actually mushroom zombies, uh, uh, that really it's more the humans that we have to fear more than anything else. But um, what this the opening, uh, there's only been one episode out so far. I think we'll probably circle back to this. Yeah. But uh, the, the, there are so many things I liked about this show. Um, Pedro Pascal's character is really good. Uh, I, I thought the chaos that ensued when they were trying to escape. Now, by the way, spoiler alerts, but of course you know that. Yeah, you um, know that on the, the show. <laughs> yeah. The chaos that ensues when they're leaving um, Austin, when the plague kind of kicks off, yeah, is uh, I think one of the better video game adaptations into a vi- visual form that I've ever seen. Uh, just the planes falling out of the sky, people screaming, and there's death and destruction. It was like super great, very disorienting, um, terrifying at the same time. I thought it was great. Uh, there's a scene with when the early plague comes on where there's a soft focus of a grandma sitting in the chair behind the young girl and uh-huh. she starts kind of doing this crazy mouth thing. Yeah. It's one of the scariest, out of focus, creepy things I've ever seen. Uh, Pretty unnerving. And then uh, also I think the, the very opening intro where they kind of do this cold open uh, kind of a retro talk show from the 1960s where they kind of explain how possibly this could happen in the future. Uh, what if the earth warmed up by one degree? It would be, you know, mushroom spores that would end up killing us. And so I'm looking forward to the rest of this series. I know everyone else is watching it too. It's not a big, uh, it's not a real wild pick, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, what'd you think yeah, about I, the last of us? I mean, I enjoyed it. I, was expecting I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, I loved Walking Dead um up until the 6th or 7th season and I had to cut out cuz it just got repetitious. As soon as Rick left the show, I I kind of lost I lost it lost it for me. Yeah, I yeah, it must have been right around the same time. Um it just I mean, like you were saying, it wasn't uh the show was about not zombies anymore. It was about dealing with the people dealing with the zombie situation. Yeah. Like zombies weren't a threat anymore. Like that was the least of everyone's concern. Cause if you saw it, you just shot it and they all walk slow. So, um, yeah. And this, it's like they're fast zombies, but yeah. man, get out of here with the fast zombies. That's terrifying to me. Well, that's that aspect of it. kind of reminded me of like the Danny Boyle, uh, 28 days later movie where the zombies are uh, the infected, ran really fast and yeah you know, that was Bad zombies are scary man th- that that's a scary movie that i think yeah. that's a scary 